Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production, where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. This is Jason Witter, author, illustrator of Tiny East Vampire and Monsters Eating Ice Cream, and you are listening to Aaron's Horror Show. are listening to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We get to read fiction on the show and talk about some movies, books, you name it. If you like what I do here, please consider supporting the show at patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. You'll get some books and other cool stuff for your support. Go ahead and also reach out to me at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com, Aaron Horror Show on Twitter, or Aaron's Horror Show on Facebook. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, I want to give you a preview of my new book, My Three-Year-Old is a Barbarian and Other Parenting Problems. So, yeah, I'm going to read you the first chapter. You're going to have to go ahead and read the book uh, <laughs> to get the rest of it, but... Uh, got some exciting news in regards to that. Uh, I can't tell you quite yet, but uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> we'll have some cool stuff to tell you about this book. But suffice to say, don't miss out on this book. And I will read you the first chapter. Oh, and it's sold wherever books are sold online. <laughs> so go to your favorite online store. You'll find it. All right. And it's only a dollar still. I'm, I'm, I know I'm kind of kind of nutty for uh <laughs> giving away for a buck but hey take advantage of it all right chapter one hicken's bottom's bad day hadler's burrow summer salts henry hickenbottom pondered the inconvenient fact that a dead body was face down in his vegetable garden he had planned to unearth some potatoes and cut a few sprigs of rosemary for his wife who was busy filling the family cauldron with stew when he noticed an unfortunate soul who had expired between the endives and the fennel. Myrtle! Myrtle! Myrtle Hickenbottom, get out here! He called to his wife. Someone died in the garden. She poked her voluptuous form out of the window and frowned at the scene. Are you sure he's dead? Myrtle asked. She was never the one to make assumptions about anything. The hero of the people, the Vontis, could be coming over for dinner, and Myrtle had asked whether he eats mutton. Of course he's deceased, Henry yelled. He's face down in the endives. He could be passed out. Too much to drink. I warned you about the tavern. Too much ale and not enough womenfolk. No one to keep their husbands in line. There are plenty of womenfolk. Ah, there now. <laughs> so I'm told. They're, they're upstairs in the rooms. 
So you've been making eyes at tavern wenches? Uh, no, no, strictly playing cards with the fellas. I've, I've never been upstairs. Good, because if I ever caught you... She brandished a carving knife that glinted in the moonlight and made a chopping motion with the utensil. Uh, could we just focus on the body at hand? Henry yelped. I'm still not convinced he's dead. What am I supposed to do? It could have been the plague. Can't exactly check if he's breathing. If he died of a disease, liable to give it to me. Then I'd be dead in the vegetable garden. Henry ranted. You can poke him with the rake. The rake? Yeah, just go do it. Suffer's getting cold, Myrtle commanded and went back in, sighed, humming the same jaunty tune she always did when she cooked. Henry used to love the melody. Now he saved his vegetable runs, so he wouldn't have to be in the house while she made the racket. I suppose so. The rake will do nicely. It's always something. Henry fix the hole in the roof. Henry dig a new latrine pint. The old one's starting to stink. Of course it's gonna stink. It's a latrine. I'd like to see her on dead body removal for once. Henry grumbled and stumbled towards the equipment shed. In the dark, he was futzing with the lock when he heard a noise. It sounded like something heavy was being dragged. He turned around and the corpse stood right behind him. Other than the apparent mobility, the creature was definitely dead. It straggly black hair, hollow black eyes, rotted teeth, and maggots wriggling from its cheek. The beast hissed and gave out a rasp. Well, spit it out, Henry, said. I don't have all night. I need to get Rosemary for the missus, and she'll have a head on the spit if I don't get her sprigs. The thing rasped. You want some water? Help clear that thing in your throat, the creature nodded. Right, follow me. A few minutes later, several potatoes and a, some sprigs of rosemary, the unlikely pair sat at the table in Henry Hickenbottom's hovel. Their abode was one room constitutes the entire house variety decorated in the peasant chic style because they were very much peasants and not sheiks. Mrs. Hickenbottom placed the tankard of water in front of their guest and then turned back to the stew pot. The undead drank until the thing was empty. Liquid drained from the holes in the creature's cheeks, throat, and chest as a gulp, but it seemed satisfied nonetheless. Now, Henry Hickenbottom said, what is it you were saying? The creature belched and said, <clears throat> Thank you. Cleans out the old pipes. Haven't used them in a while, you see. That still doesn't explain why you go off dying in my vegetable patch, Henry grumbled. Myrtle walloped her husband and said, The poor thing probably doesn't know he's dead. It's not every day when someone rises from the grave like that. Oh, no, the creature responded. I know I've been dead for a long time now, doing my master's bidding in the afterlife. Cursed to roam the land for all eternity. See, he knew what he was doing. He targeted our vegetable patch. Did the Crenshaw summon you? I'm telling you, they've been jealous since day one. Where did you get the seeds, Mr. Crenshaw had said. What does it matter where? I got them. This is my farm. No, no. I'm here to deliver a message for my master, Leduc. The name stopped Higginbottom cold. The trouble with his neighbors, the tune his wife was always humming, and even almost being caught in what he really did at the tavern all seemed trivial now that a servant of the Dark Lord himself was in his house. He stammered, I, uh... The creature cut him off and spoke. 
The Duke's armies will rise again. The minion lunged across the table and raked his claws against Hickenbottom. The farmer cried out in fear. While he was torn limb from limb, the creature cackled with glee and then paused for a moment. Mrs. Hickenbottom observed the murder of her husband with a rather bored expression on her face. Can you turn around or something? The undead said. It's hard to maim with you watching. It'll be hard for Henry to deliver your message when he's dead, Mrs. Hickenbottom remarked. The dead body is the message. Seems a little vague to me. I could come in here and think wolf attack. How am I supposed to know it's from Leduc? I'll write in blood on the walls. Suppose a wolf really does come and licks blood off the walls. I'm barely saying that if you don't think this through... Fine. How would you do it if you were a creature of the night harboring the return of your evil overlord? No need to get snippy. I was only trying to help. I wasn't snippy. Could have fooled me. Apparently you don't want my help. I do everything for the household day in, day out, cooking all the meals, patching the clothes, sweeping. That truth's aren't for those who don't like sweeping, let me tell you. Seems like the new coding turned up out every day. Your toils will soon be over, the creature said, brandishing in fangs and claws at the mistress of the house. He leaned to tear her throat, and he was whacked on the side of the head with a giant metal spoon for stirring the cauldron. No, you don't. Biting anyone until you wash up that mouth. It's filthy and blood all over it. I tell you, Henry keeps getting sick because he doesn't wash his hands after slaughtering the chickens. But does he listen? Oh, no. Look, mister, you have a name. Rally Cook. Mr. Rally Cook. If you want to proselytize the rise of your king, necromancer, whatever, I'm just saying, what's a couple of dead peasants going to do for you? People kill us all the time. Barbarians sacked the village twice last week. The week before, some rotten sheriff ran most of us through while looking for an outlaw who wasn't even here. The point is, a couple people like us won't even make the town crier. If you really want to send a message, you got to kill Levantus or any of the heroes of the Battle of the Four Armies. Them are pretty tough folks, I reckon. People will be paying attention then. Levantus, yes, the undead said, lost in thought. Without another word, he left the residence of the Hickenbottoms. Myrtle Hickenbottom surveyed the bloody pulp that was left of her husband and frowned. She yelled at the preacher, receding into the night. You're going to clean up to yourself? Are you? Just eviscerate and go. Think this place just cleans itself. All right. That was a preview of my of uh, my three-year-old as a barbarian and other parenting problems. So, yeah. Go ahead and... and take a look at it, and heck, if you're not going to read it, buy it for someone who does. Birthday parties, Christmas, give it away as a gift. All right. Thank you so much for listening, and if anyone is dead in your vegetable garden, don't poke them with a rake. Just, you know, hot tip. All right. See you later.